Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids! Problem solved. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast where we hear about the struggles of the Fijian Methodist Church. Remember, you can hear 2020 on Australia's Vision Radio Network from 10 a.m. weekdays, Australian Eastern Standard Time. The Pacific Island nation of Fiji has a complicated history when it comes to politics and the church, and especially the relationship with the Methodist Church of Fiji and the current government. But in amongst these complications, the Methodist Church is working hard to impact their country. Bruce Mullen is Associate Director of Church Solidarity Pacific for International Welfare and Development Agency, Uniting World. He joined us again today on 2020. Hello, Bruce. Welcome back. Good to talk with you. Bruce, you've spent a bit of time in Fiji. The uh, circumstances, the environment, the political uh, toing and froing that's been going on in Fiji has been a concern for the Christian church there. Uh, it's certainly been a concern for the Methodist church in Fiji, which has been subject to uh, considerable restrictions by the, uh, by the military government. Yes, well, uh, when it comes to restrictions, we're talking about, uh, you know, outlawing having your national conference and those sorts of things, which has really muzzled the voice of the church, hasn't it? Yes, they haven't been able to hold their national conference since 2008. Um, but the other problem, Neil, is that uh, along with the annual conference, they always held a festival and a choir competition. Uh, choirs would come from right around Fiji, from even from overseas, Australia, New Zealand, um, Fijians from the United States. And that, as well as being a great uh, festive and, and community event, that was when people brought their gifts to the National Church, uh, their financial gifts. Uh, so it's, it, by banning that, as well as the conference, uh, the government has effectively... Um, hobbled the, the uh, Methodist Church from, from its normal activities. It's one of those things, isn't it, that if you're not familiar with the culture, if you're not aware of what goes on on the ground and has done for generations, you can miss the idea that the church needs uh, the, uh, the standard way that people give uh, as to be a part of their culture to actually be viable. So those things are really important. If they're outlawed, then, uh, then you've got a real issue to face. That's right, and and it's, it's quite uh, it's quite a deliberate strategy to to impose both um, administrative restrictions on the church, but also financial restrictions. So you've got the Methodist Church in Fiji, and Fijians are a very spiritual people. There are a lot of members of the Methodist Church in Fiji. About seventy percent of Indigenous Fijians would be members of the Methodist Church. That's about around thirty percent of the total Fiji population would be members of the Methodist Church in Fiji. And, of course, the other populations, of course, there are an, uh, there's an Indian sector, isn't there, in Fijian uh, population, uh, which is primarily, what, Hindu, or uh, how does that go? Primarily Hindi. Uh, there is also a considerable number of Muslim people in Fiji. So it, it really, of all the Pacific 
nations, it's the one that is most pluralistic in its uh, in its makeup and, and most multicultural. Now, with the political up, ups and downs, the toing and froing that's been going on, there has been some relaxation of recent times, and there's a lot more freedom for the church, as, as I understand it. It's really only the Methodist Church that's been targeted by the government, uh, and that's because it, you know, because of its size and its history. Uh, and its previous involvement in politics, I guess, it's a power force to be reckoned with. So, so it's it's the restrictions have been very specifically against the Methodist Church in Fiji. There has been permit given uh, for the Methodist Church to meet. They're meeting on Wednesday for three days. There are quite uh, substantial restrictions. They're only allowed to meet from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. They're only allowed to meet for those three days. They're not allowed to talk about politics and there's an expectation that uh, government officials or police will sit in on the meetings and uh, if there is any conversation that they deem to be political, the meeting will be shut down. It does sound very oppressive when it comes to the way that a government might respond to a church that is calling for reform, calling for uh, justice, uh, all sorts of uh, issues that the church might stand for uh, with the prophetic voice that a church has in a community. And it's obviously been a very strong movement in Fiji. And so uh, the government in the the regime that uh, that is in power has tried to muzzle the church and uh, and they've been successful in doing that. Yes, they, yes, they have been successful. Um, I mean, the, the conference was, uh, there was a permit given for the conference to be held last year in 2011, and the permit was withdrawn on the afternoon the conference was to begin that evening. And it was a, it was a particularly sort of cruel act because, you know, people had come in from the outer islands, and it's quite an expensive process to bring all these people to, uh, to Suva for the meeting. Uh, all the food was prepared, all the accommodation was arranged, and uh, literally hours before the meeting was to begin the permit was withdrawn and the people all had to pack up and go home. Well, Bruce, I'd like to talk to you some more. Stay with us. In just a short while, we'll come back and talk about the difficult situation that's been there politically and what that's meant for people who've been members of the Methodist Church in Fiji because uh, you've got a an initiative here that we want to talk about, about sponsoring a calf for a family. Uh, we'll talk some more about that in just a short while. You're listening to the 2020 podcasts from the Vision Radio Network. We return now to our conversation about the Pacific Island nation of Fiji. If you listen to the news, you'll know that they've been through turbulent times and that there's a regime in place that, although it seems to be softening, is still quite hard line when it comes to the Methodist Church. Bruce Mullen is our guest. He's the Associate Director of Church Solidarity Pacific with International Welfare and Development Agency Uniting World. Uh, Bruce, when it comes to Fiji, uh, it's not just uh, the government withdrawing permits for gatherings. There's also been a really strong uh, strong arm uh, moves towards the leaders of the Methodist Church in Fiji. Easter three years ago, there was a, um, a decree handed down by the government which was called the uh, Public Emergency uh, uh, Regulations. And under those regulations, any meeting of any description uh, of, of more than two people had to have a permit, you know, whether that was a, a, a local uh, school PNC or, or the Methodist Church. A permit was given for the Methodist Church Standing Committee to meet, but 
two members of the standing committee were specifically excluded in the writing of that permit. The Methodist Church went ahead and held the meeting of their standing committee and those two members attended and consequently the uh, just over three years ago, July 2009, the uh, President, the General Secretary were arrested uh, and charged with a breach of the public emergency regulations. And I was so interested in our last segment when you were talking about this sort of oppression that's come from the government towards the church uh, that it upsets more than just the idea of halting and uh, and cancelling a few meetings. Really, it upsets the whole financial and uh, practical structure that the church actually functions under. And you were mentioning that financially the church suffers because of the way that people contribute into church life. Into the uh, into the national church, definitely the holding of their annual conference, uh, along with a choir competition and festival, has been the place where uh, the church generally has uh, the members of the outer congregations have brought their gifts to the national church, and that's uh, that's been put on hold since 2008. And even this year, when there is perm- a permit given for the church conference to meet. Uh, permission for that festival and choir competition has not been given. And and it leads us to what I wanted to talk about today in the sponsoring of a calf. I mentioned in the last segment that it was for families, but it's not so much for families that you're wanting these calves to be sponsored, but for the uh, Agricultural Training Institute in Fiji, which is run by the church. Yes, it's the Navuso Agricultural Training Institute. If people who know Fiji, Nasuri Airport is about... 20 kilometres from Suva and just before you cross the river to Nasuri Airport, the Methodist Church owns about uh, 1,200 acres of prime riverfront land. It's, it's, it's magnificent land and uh, what they're hoping to do is, well they've created a, an agricultural training college there uh, and they're also hoping that it will be a, uh, you know, a good use of, of, of church property. Uh, for the young people who study there. And it's a way here that Aussies can get involved and do something constructive when it comes to supporting the church in Fiji because you're talking about sponsoring a calf. Now, $150 is not a lot uh, to sponsor a calf. I guess uh, you'd be hoping there's going to be a, a big rush of interest and excitement <laughs> about uh, about actually sponsoring calves for the Training Institute. Look, we'd be excited if we could. Um the Institute would like to buy um, up to 350 Frisian calves. Normally they would be 500 Fiji dollars. Um, they've, they've swung a deal that uh, whatever they can purchase by October, uh, they can have for half price, which is 250 Fiji dollars, about 150 Australian dollars. Now, in two years' time, when they, when they reach the age that they can uh, carve and produce milk, a calf like that is worth about, I think, uh, 1500 1500 Australian dollars so it really is an opportunity they, they want to stock up the land the college uh, had the Fiji Department of Agriculture come in and prepare a farm plan for them they're currently running 79 cows they've got a surplus of 147 they, they could they could take up to 220 cows at the moment with the pastures as they are and if they um, then from the sale of milk can improve their pastures 
it's possible to increase their herd to 500 over the next seven years. Well, it's a wonderful way that people can contribute to a missionary effort in Fiji by supporting this Agricultural Training Institute. Uh, It is an initiative of the Fiji Methodist Church, and uh, from what you're saying, Bruce, uh, right now is a good time to be able to sponsor one of these calves because they're on special. Basically, it's a (laughs) half-price special on calves, and uh, when you sponsor the calf, it's going to grow up, it's going to become productive, and it's going to be worth about $1,500 and the blessing will flow through to the Methodist Church in Fiji. Have I got that right? And to the students who study there. Uh, it's the first cow I've ever bought, Neil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a good thing. They've, they've got currently 30 students there, uh, aged between uh, 18 and 28. Now, what, what they do, there's an amazing guy. Um, he's a talatala, a minister. Uh, Malachi Tuikadava uh, is, is the farm manager. And he's set up a system there where um, young people can come in from, from villages, these would be unemployed young people, do a three-year course which leads them to a certificate of tropical agriculture. Now, they, they pay their, co- their course fees for the first year they come to the farm to, uh, to study, to the institute. But from then on, the work that they do while they're there, uh, because they spend part of their time studying agricultural theory and, and the other part you know, in practice on the farm, the time that they put in actually pays their fees for the next two years. And there's money put aside so that when they finish and, and, and get their certificate at the end, return to their villages to start their own farm back in their own, uh, in their own uh, rural villages, uh, they're able to take some savings with them, which they can use to create their own stock, to, to create their own farms, to build their own fences or whatever needs to be done. It's a, it's a fantastic program. There's, there's a whole stack of kids on the waiting list to get into it. But, but this is the kind of work that the, the Methodist Church is hoping to do, uh, to skill up young people so that they're not just doing their subsistence farming but they can actually you know lift their farming game to a new level it's a good initiative and uh, there might be uh, someone listening to us right now bruce uh, people listening all around australia in fact who might be thinking that uh, it might be nice dinner time conversation tonight uh, to say i just bought a cow <laughs> and uh, and i've uh, sponsored it for the uh, fiji methodist church in their agricultural training institute uh, look i i should i give the website is the website is is that the place where people can actually do the Sponsorship um, of the camp. Your website and a number. Um, okay. The website is Uniting World, all one word, unitingworld.org.au. Um, and there you can read about the, the program there and, and some more details. But if you just want to make a donation, uh, there's a 1 800 number, 1 800 000 331. Okay, so that's one eight hundred zero 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 three three one, or go to the unitingworld.org.au website. Bruce Mullen is the Associate Director of Church Solidarity for the Pacific for Uniting Worlds. Bruce, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. Good to talk with you, Neil. Thank you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.